Wolverine's just walking around, bossing everyone around, telling them how to do stuff. I, I just like this him going, no, this is how you gotta do it. Hey, you gotta stir this like this. My note here is Wolverine is really annoying on a construction site. <laughs> he, uh, he, yeah, I don't know if he had a good BM that day or what, but he... He really is, he's just really into working with his hands on this construction site. It's like, here, I'll help you. Here, this is how you do it. Hey, buddy, you're not doing that right. And just, oh, so bloody annoying. Welcome to Repeatable, the podcast, where we check out something old and decide if it's worth coming back to. I'm Seth. I'm Matt. How you feeling, Matt? No, I'm doing pretty good. I got a uh, my voice is going out a little bit. I woke up this morning with a a dry throat, and then it's kind of been going downhill <laughs> from there. But I'm sure we can power through. You might not hear me as loud as I normally am. Thank goodness for that, right, everybody. <laughs> no, I, I already made that joke before the show, so. <laughs> Tell you what, I am excited because we're getting back to our grassroots a little bit today. It's been a few weeks since we've uh, gone into the X world. It has been. We've been uh, bouncing back and forth with some stuff. I enjoyed your repeatable recommends, though. Oh, thank you. I, I, uh, you're uh, one of the very few. <laughs> I I like the I like the way that you did it. Actually, um, I did a little uh, repeatable recommends to put into the uh, the the back burner to come out at a different point, and I I uh, tried to follow your format because I felt when I first did mine, I was like I had, like music in it, and I was trying to like do this. I had like kind of like a scriptish kind of thing I was following and whatnot. And uh, the thing I liked about yours is I was listening. to to it i'm like this sounds like authentic set like I, i'm sure you have like a point or two and then you're just riffing from there and so i went and i uh, picked the subject i wanted to talk about i hit record and i'm like okay i'm just gonna talk for like however long i feel comfortable so the next time that we do repeal recommends the next one i do is gonna be uh, more along your format because i appreciated yours more Oh, okay, cool, thank you. Well, Peek Inside the Kimono, that was actually, like, my third, fourth attempt, actually, of rambling and whatnot, so I was able to actually <laughs> whittle it down, so. It was, it was all scripted, where every word of it was scripted in front of you. <laughs> well, I, everything else was all, like, slow and whatnot, and I was just like, you know what, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta punch this up a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah, you're right, I had a, a, a mini-sentence written down, and then I launched into it, but... At any rate, no one's interested in that. But let's get on to our topic for the day. Uh, we are talking about The Cure, which is a rock band uh, <laughs> from... Uh, let me just pull up my Wikipedia notes. No, I'm kidding. So from somewhere. We're not talking about the band. From somewhere. 1973, I think. I had that joke ready to go last time we were set to record. <laughs> I had the Wikipedia page open, and I was going to read from it, but... Uh, we're talking about The Cure, uh, X-Men, the animated series, which is episode uh, eight. I forgot to look. What do you, you know, remember what it is? Seven or eight. Seven or eight? I know it's called so, The Cure. Uh, yeah, it's called <laughs> The Cure. Um, no, you want to try out, give it a, uh, a little bit of a, um, a synopsis for us, Matt? Sure. Uh, so, we get to see where Professor Xavier is. He's on, I believe, Mur, Muir Island. And uh, they, there's a scientist there who believes that he has a cure 
for the mutant gene that can make people normal. And uh, there's a whole bunch of converging stories that are happening just simply around this island and the possibility that there is a cure for uh, people being mutants. Yep, and and everybody wants in on that cure, and that's why I didn't go into too much because like there is a lot of different stories going on at once in this single episode. Yeah, I I did my notes a little bit different this time. I actually noted down. I thought we'd try going uh, a little bit more in order of the episode, so my notes are made by. Uh, by like scene changes, and there are a lot of scene changes in this episode. I have my all my notes are uh, from in order of beginning to the episode to the end of the episode as well. So it opens up in a, a nice little chalet, and <laughs> I don't know if it names where it is, the Swiss Alps or something. And uh, it's uh, on, a, on a nice uh, some. There's a date, and someone's. Uh, uh, on a on a nice little romantic evening, Angel and some unnamed, accented young lady. Um, I did find it funny how soap opera, soap opery, soap opery, soap opera like, uh, it was that opening scene because yeah, like you said it starts off. They're sitting there by the romantic fire, and she starts to go like get more uh, close to him, and then he backs away. She's like, why won't you let me in? He's like, you wouldn't really want to be close to me if you knew what I was really like. As the camera's like overhead, as he's like turned his body away from her. I was like, it's a classic uh, soap opera camera shot and acting. Yeah, yeah. My my question is, why did this clown invite this girl over if he's just gonna like five minutes in be like, no, I don't want your, you stay away from me. You wouldn't like me. Look, you called this date on. What are, what are you doing? Well, yeah, so they're, they're, they're the so it was very soap opery. Um, and then our favorite, uh, wild man from Borneo, uh, shows up. And boy, does he! <laughs> I, I gotta tell you, I want that. I want Angel's ski jacket because he—it's got some great storage. He pulls like the biggest laser gun revolver <laughs> thing out of that little pocket. It's like the size of a, a mini toaster, and it just comes out of that pocket, and he like just just out of nowhere. Uh, and I like when, uh, I do like the scene too where it's, they go and, uh, he walks in, uh, so Cable's in the other room looking through stuff. Uh, he's trying to track down, uh, Atler is what he says he's trying to track, track down. He shoots that angel out of the window. I love the line because it's, it's, he says it so strongly, but it's so not intimidating. It's so not intimidating when he goes, "You picked the wrong chalet to terrorize." <laughs> That's just not a very threatening thing to say. The, 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 we go chalet. It just takes the takes the uh, oomph out of it. I, I one thing I have to say, I'm reminded of like just on the topic of Angel, because Angel it turns out later on he's one of the the people who is very interested in Adler. He's funding him, but he's interested in Adler because he wants this cure. Yeah. He's he's the one who's wanting to make it happen. Uh and it that's not specifically the animated show thing. Angel's always been one of those characters who's like upset that their mutant power He's not able to hide as easily, and he's upset about uh, 
being so like he, he he's got giant wings in his back so he's like i stand out i'm a i'm a freak he's a morlock and uh, yeah, yeah essentially <laughs> but the thing and another podcast i was listening to pointed out and this reminded me of that is he is the last mutant to be complaining about his situation why is he ashamed he's he's a beautiful man <laughs> with amazing powers like he's got this sculpted body with these godlike wings like the problem should be that everybody would should want to be like like uh like him so uh that's one of the the issues with angel is like really you're you're upset about being a mutant everybody should want this specific set set of powers so uh, i do like when they were having the confrontation too uh with cable and he fires that cable and cable's like uh uh something along the lines of next time you take a shot you better uh make it count or you better hit me and then he turns to shoot again and misses and he shoots him off he goes i guess you have a short memory i like that <laughs> the, and, and, and throughout it too, with the cables uh, theme music was playing his little military theme. I enjoyed that. There's some good one-liners in this episode. Uh, is that, and as that scene ends too, again, I like that the woman. Um, apparently, she's blinded; like she can't she can't see, and she like just blindly shoots a gun accidentally shoots angel but again i like the fact that like he fell out and like it was like her like i'm i'm sorry and like he's flying away all sad again it was a very dramatic uh kind of kind of thing i felt i I felt this episode took itself uh very seriously yeah there's definitely some melodrama in this one so we're talking about uh, scene changes. So now we're on uh, Mirror Island, Mirror 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 Island. Island, yeah. Um, where there's Xavier, and did you catch his scientist friend's name? I didn't catch that. Uh, uh Moira McTaggart. And they're uh, they're walking along, and then he wants to speak to Doctor Atler. Um, and he reads the mind. Um, you get to see, again, if you know the X-Men, uh, it's interesting. You see like Mystique, you see Apocalypse, and you see all this like stuff flashing. And that was really cool. What, what wasn't as cool is was Xavier also starts like violently shaking his head. And the scene went on for just like a little bit too long. <laughs> and so his head was just like, shaking back and forth violently for just a little bit too long before it went to what would be a commercial break. Yeah, and another one of those uh, distressing, kind of like the Rogan Storm screams, just a, a little bit, a little bit more distressing. Yes, for, uh, for the viewer than than we would like, especially when the animation is like Professor X's nose is like breaking in half in the uh, in the scene. This is what I noticed. Yeah, no, I could tell like they they must have like animated like just a, a little bit of the head shake, and then they were like a little bit low on time. And they're like, oh, we'll just loop it for a little bit longer, and it's just. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, this is unpleasant to look at. Well, it was an unpleasant thing. But we got we had to feel yes. what he was going through. But uh, to, like talking with like the seriousness of this show too, like it's the uh, uh, I, I did again like the the big crux of this uh, gets brought up very early because uh, like once uh, they talk about once Xavier wakes up, I guess he passed out. Um, they talk about, you know, he's, do you think he might be a mutant self, this Atler? Cause of what I saw, uh, maybe that's why he's looking for a cure to which like Xavier goes, well, there's, it's, it's not a cure. Uh, there's, there's something that you're born with is just innately part of you. 
right? And like that's I think that's like mm-hmm. that's the crux of this episode is like trying like this, this is it really curable if it's something that you're born with if it's who you are? Yeah. So don't change who you are and all that. So I, I originally had to highlight it as a possibly a bad note, but I took it off because I liked it so much when they went back and they're rebuilding the X mansion. And you can jump in any time here. I feel like I've been jumping in with little stuff here. But uh Wolverine's just walking around, bossing everyone around, telling them how to do stuff. I, I just like this him going, no, this is how you got to do it. Hey, you got to stir this like this. No, you got to. I don't know why I found that very funny and I enjoyed it. I have that my note. My note here is Wolverine is really annoying on a construction <laughs> site. I like micromanaging. I don't crap. know if he had. Yeah, I don't know if he had a good BM that day or what, but he he really is. He's just really into working with his hands on this construction site. And it's like, here, I'll help you. Here, this is how you do it. Hey, buddy, you're not doing that right. And just oh, so bloody annoying. And then, of course, Cyclops comes in and winds out another line. Yes, of course. Gambit, don't do that. (laughs) Well, Gambit did put uh, an exploding brick. (laughs) Yeah, so Gambit, again, uh, everybody's playing into character. Well, Wolverine's not playing into character, but the other ones are making up for it by playing into character. Cyclops being annoying, uh, Gambit endangering people's lives with high explosives. I'm glad that's carrying over, at least, because at first, uh, like a few episodes ago, when they started to first bicker Gambit and... Uh, Wolverine. I'm like, that seems sort of random because, like, all the episodes before ha- before that, they seem to get along somewhat normally. But, like, you see in this episode, okay, it's sort of like there's a tension between them that's going on over a period of time. So that, that I was happy to see. I was yeah. happy to see that. I was also happy with the line uh, when Gambit says about, like, uh, tell him to stop running his mouth. And then Wolverine says, stop worrying about my mouth and start worrying about these. Shing! Yeah, some good bickering. Uh, Bad animation notes, Seth. Uh, Oh, okay. uh, Yes, let's hear it. When Xavier does the call from the island, did you notice how weird his eyes were? I did not. I'm not sure what they did, but he's like partially cross-eyed and his pupils are like dots. And it is, oh. and it does not, it does not look good. I'll, after we're done this, I'm going to go on and see if I can find a picture of it. But like, you could, it was, it was this quick scene. It shows him starting to talk and then it zooms out to the mutants, the other X-Men reacting. But like, it was just, it was not drawn well. And, it, and I was like, it was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> His eyes I don't know weird. if I can. I don't know if I can put images in the show notes, but pop that into the chat, and I'll see if I can put that in the sure, show notes. Sure, I'll, I'll take a peek. Uh, later on, uh, the construction site after dark. Gene and Scott pick the most uncomfortable <laughs> place to have a little snuggle. Like they're just, they're just in a half-finished room, pallets of drywall behind them. They're snuggled down in the dirt. Gene in full probably costume, probably on broken glass and nails and just just <laughs> snuggling up for a little bit of nookie uh, and like you said before full cost uh full costumes on too i believe for and at least at least oh yeah did, so you why, why would you wear normal clothes when you're at your home doing construction work why are they doing their own construction <laughs> i guess they don't want people to see the giant uh like bunker down below True. but still i i feel like it would get done a lot quicker if uh 
if uh, well, I guess I guess Professor X has has, has skipped town with the Mar- American Express card, so they can't exactly hire anybody. But uh, again, talking about like the the whole uh, big thing with this episode, it's nice seeing because Rogue sort of uh, struggling with like the, the announcement that there could be quote unquote a quote unquote a cure. And then, like, when she sees Scott and Jean holding hands, and just, like, the 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 animation for that, like, the look in her eyes and, like, the sadness that you see. I'm mean, like, that was really good. Mm-hmm. I also, uh, after their uh, snuggling in the most uncomfortable spot, I did enjoy that uh, the Gambit was able to outrun a speeding car, vault over a wall, and land in the speeding car with no physical damage to him at all. Well, no. I mean, well, I I guess that uh that scuba outfit and the uh <laughs> the the tunic helps out a lot, I guess. He's got those knee pads too, so he's he's protected. Um but yeah, I I also have my notes that the this 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 the skeezy uh uh sexual harassment gambit mm. is back with this episode. Let's have a kiss and um a little bit too uh aggressive. Forceful. Yeah, a little bit too aggressive in these uh this nineties kids show. And like like a rogue solution is just to fly away. I'm like, why was that not your solution to begin with? But she's driving the car away and then she's like, You know what? I am just gonna fly. I'm like, Yeah, that seems like a really good smart thing to do. You can just fly, like avoid traffic. Yeah, you, you have that ability. Yeah, I would have just done that to begin with. Just 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 go. Where's the what was the car ride for? I don't know. Or maybe yeah, it's Shuri just gonna go for a drive and then finally she's like Oh, Gambit again. Oh, you know what? I'm leaving the country. Time to go to Ireland. <laughs> and maybe it's because like the rest of this episode takes itself seriously that I'm able to uh, laugh and enjoy the comedic parts a little bit more. But I did like that she was like up on an airplane wing and the whole little interaction with the guy looking out the window and seeing her sitting on the wing be like, oh, and calling the flight attendant. And when the flight attendant looks, Rogue's gone. And then she's clearly just laughing at him. <laughs> As he walks yeah. away. <laughs> Slide whistle. <laughs> Again, it's not it's not a highlighted thing. It's, this is one of the things I put as good. A little bit of uh, slapstick 1950s humor. Yes. Yeah. Well, you, you've mentioned it, Rogue on a Plane, and I have, we're back to Murr Island again, Muir Island, uh, I can't remember, but we're introduced to two new characters, uh, Avalanche, who sounds like the skipper from Gilligan's <laughs> Island. Um, I'm not sure if anybody out there is familiar oh. with the show, but he, I looked it up, it's not the same actor, but I could have sworn it was the guy that plays the oh. skipper from Gilligan's it, Island. You made me choke a little bit there, Seth. I'm very That's happy. Good. I'm very That's happy. That's good. It, it, it does sound very similar to that. You're right. But, um, and then Pyro, the uh, the Australian uh, mutant, who's who's powers wise, he's been uh, reduced to Elon Musk with his flamethrowers. <laughs> so I I don't know if if you know anything about Pyro, but in the comics, he he like he can. Uh, Tele, not telekinetically. He controls flames, so he can make shapes and can essentially control fire. But I didn't see any indication of that. He just pretty much just like blasts people with fire things on his. So in the in the show, he's not actually in. He's not actually being presented as a mutant in any way. He's just being presented as having flamethrower technology. 
He also is coming on aggressively to rogue at the bar as well, so she can't escape these aggressive men. And while she tossed him against the wall, she tossed Avalanche, like, through a wall, down, like, a deep canyon into the water below. Like, there's, there's no way she couldn't have known that he would not have died. Like, <laughs> I think she tossed them both. Uh, she got Pyro halfway yes. through the wall. I don't watch the show The Boys, but they, uh, I've... I've seen, I, I looked up on Google all of the, like, the gory scenes, because I'm a, a glutton for punishment that way, and I remember them showing realistically what would happen if uh, a, a superhero threw someone against a, uh, a a wall or whatever, and uh, it wasn't that. They didn't go through the wall. <laughs> no, I, uh, I read a little bit of uh the boys i got one of the first collections from there and the other it's pretty graphic it can be at times <laughs> so yes but she did throw uh, uh pyro halfway through a wall and then avalanche she went down and fell into the water um you go and you see uh row goes to see um atler and just like he's like i'm not taking a visitor she's like Boots open the door, anyways. Like, well, not even boots. Like, just completely destroys the entrance doors. I mean, that's kind of kind of uh, rude. I have the. Uh, I have the. These people have no regard for <laughs> other people's personal property. Like, she just. She could have. Uh, maybe she knocked. I can't remember. But at any rate, even still, very quickly resorts to just, you know, knocking the door down. I mean. For crying out loud. No wonder people don't like mutants in this world. But they, they have a little talk. You find out that Atler is uh, Mystique, and then uh, Apocalypse is, like, hiding behind the door. Again, that, I thought that was pretty neat, because, like, throughout this episode, they don't, like, hold your hand and say, okay, so here's Apocalypse, here's his backstory, here's what you need to know. He's just, like, a threatening figure that you're, like, visibly evil. And that's all you need to know mm-hmm. for the rest of the show. One of my favorite scenes follows this because it is Rogue sitting on a rock, uh, like looking over a canyon, which has tears in her eyes, winds blowing by in her hair. And then she has a flashback of like a teenager kissing a boy named Cody. And uh, mm-hmm. and then when it comes back, it's just her. Who's just going on and on <laughs> and on about the moon. Yeah. Come on, <laughs> Cody. If you keep talking about this moon, we're never going to get any action. And I think literally he said something like, hey, nice moon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just going on <laughs> and on. Uh, but I thought, again, I thought that was like filmed really great i like i put on there loved it I, I thought it was very cinematic you know this is a cartoon right i now. know just just want to throw that out there jumping back a little Ooh. bit because you kind of went <laughs> forward <laughs> a little bit <laughs> Wayne's world. i really enjoy apocalypse as a character and i enjoy i enjoy that character in this series i think i i remember that and uh so far not uh, even though this is our first look at him, we get we get Apocalypse introduced after Rogue leaves the property. We I think I don't know if you mentioned, but it turns out Doctor Adler is actually Mystique in disguise, serving Apocalypse to you know enslave the world or slave mutants and 
take over the world or destroy the world or something, whatever vague uh, MacGuffin it is. But uh, the the character design of Apocalypse and the voice acting, I really enjoy. Oh, for sure. It's, it's menacing, right? It's just, it's, it comes across as yeah. very threatening. Uh, just the right amount of, I don't know what, you're the, you're the broadcast guy. What is that? A reverb or something? Yeah. But it's just a, the right amount of some kind of voice effect. Uh, on on the the character I enjoy. Yeah, no, it's, it's like it's, like it sounds like a a very scary man. He looks very. They did a very good job of vi- saying very little, but you being like, oh, this is not a guy you want to uh, mess with. Yeah, I'm getting a little bit of uh, Thanos vibes from him too. This episode's not about apocalypse, but he's he's in it, kind of in the background, uh, in a background way, and they're setting him up for. Uh, future shenanigans, so I like that. <laughs> I think the cable shows back up at the island that sees Pyro. Still no metal arm. Still no metal arm. Yeah, still no metal arm. Uh, and then, like, he goes and he shoots Pyro, and then Avalanche pulls him out of the water. He's like, what, did you go for a swim? And he's like, <laughs> little buddy? Little buddy? And he's like, uh, he's like, no, never mind. I'm like, why would you not tell your partner in crime that a man shot you like don't you think like don't you think that'd be vital information for the other person to know that there's a person on the island trying to kill the person you're literally about to kidnap and mm-hmm. like it just i don't know i, I thought it was weird he's like what happened like, oh never mind someone shot you like <laughs> that's, yeah. that's vital information i mean uh, like a cowbell or or something for whenever there's like cartoon lines yeah. or whatever and the only prescription is more cowbell. Uh, oh, Cable, uh, don't call me darling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair point. Don't, don't call another man <laughs> darling, uh, there, um, Pyro. That's, I, I would not enjoy that that's either. That's gonna be my opening for the rest of the, uh, series that we do. I'm gonna be like, Seth, how are you, darling? And I will say, don't call me darling. <laughs> Until until I eventually install some kind of shock collar or something on you, maybe maybe the ones that explode if uh, which would destroy you. <laughs> I went back and watched a little bit of the uh, the show, and I like that's the uh, the collars that explode, and then they they do say destroy, not kill. But yeah, yeah if a collar around your neck exploded, yeah, it destroy you. I'd I'd say that's fair. making a uh, quick trip to Gen- Genosha. Yes. But they, but they, their plan is they're gonna kidnap Atler, which again perfect time to uh, timing because Rogue was about to have bad stuff happen to her. Um, they find out that Atler is uh, <laughs> uh, Mystique. The Mystique runs away, and then she runs into Cable. Like she's just having bad luck. Gene Cyclops yeah. show up. Um, I I did like that. Uh, he goes and he's like trying to. Uh, Cable's there. Uh, with Atler, and like instead of just being like the smart assassin that you think he would be, he's really just he wants to labor the point. Like he just wants to just like deliver this. He wants him to know why he's going to die, right? And then like so, there's a long dialogue, and then finally Rogue shows up, and I like Cable is like seems like he's so like unbeatable, but like he's disarmed by her throwing a rock. And that, <laughs> it's yeah. not like a giant boulder. Like she just picks up a rock, throws it, and he loses his gun. And it's like, oh well, crap. Step back a little bit with me. 
back at the lab. I my first question I'm still wondering about is why did they have to blast through the lab wall at Moyer's lab like office like Rogue literally <laughs> just smashed down the door like an hour before. Yeah. Like these people just really enjoy smashing things. So they smash through the wall uh and then I, I don't know if you noticed the to kidnap the professor uh, one of them, I think it was Avalanche, just pulls this sack out of his pocket, <laughs> and the sack is filled with dozens of large holes. <laughs> like, just, first of all, they're putting a sack over a human being to kidnap them, like it's, uh, the Flintstones. <laughs> and then, why is it filled with holes? It just large, softball-sized holes <laughs> that he, uh, a person in the sack could just reach through and <laughs> throw that over his head and then run out. I like to point out the, um Moira and Professor X come out in their sleeping wear. Ooh. You know? Oh! I didn't notice that before. I'm sure they were in separate rooms, of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, but then uh, the skipper... As soon as uh, they pull the sack out, he's like, he's a woman, <laughs> little buddy. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I enjoyed him shouting uh, the that, uh, very surprised that this man is actually a woman. Uh, and then, um, oh, I know. <laughs> so, okay, so you've, you've pointed out Cyclops, and they, they show up in the, 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 the jet thing. Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought at first after they showed up and, and flew over the cliff that it, it looked like they, their afterburner, like there's the professor, Professor Adler or whatever, and the jet comes over, crests the hill, and I swear it looked like the, the jet had to have like just evaporated, evaporated, whatever, just destroyed whoever was underneath it and they just like killed the professor, but, um, they get off the plane, and Ro- uh, Cyclops' first line is, Rogues disappeared, Professor, to which I write, Tattletale. <laughs> Cyclops is just being himself. She ran away. She disappeared, Professor. <laughs> That's very, very, very on brand. Yeah. Little punk. <laughs> um, I, I do like when uh, Cable is holding fake Atler. Um, on the cliff, um, and you mm-hmm. see that it's, uh, she says it's like mystique. And then, like, uh, the plane starts to come up, like, just right at the perfect spot, just zzz, comes up in there, uh, uh, like, and he's there. Mystique quickly turns back, and you hear, like, the little bit of the X Men music starting to play, like, the ding, 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 ding. Then, right? Mm-hmm. I, okay, I like, I, I, I like that they have, like, little, uh, underscore notes like that that happen in, in important things with the, uh, especially with like the plane. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, uh, the, the music guy has to show that he's paying attention. So, <laughs> but, but again, like just, I'm just going to blow through this past part, this one little part here. And then, uh, like you can, uh, make any notes you want along the way. But I said, again, talking to the, the seriousness of the, the show, uh, like Rogue saves, uh, Gene's life. Uh, like he gets upset, like you see her tearful eye because she sees that she's saved, uh, like that, how happy they are. Um, and she says she doesn't want to have the surgery anymore. She's leaving. She bumps into Angel and he's like, how do you fly without wings? And it's like, you're so lucky. And she's like, I'm lucky. And kind of showing like 
people all there's there's always going to be like someone who might have it a little bit uh, worse than you. And I I thought that was a good way to kind of kind of end it on to show like like he like you said like there's nothing for him to complain about realistically, but like he's just like man, you're so lucky to be without wings, right? Like just, I, I thought I I like that just to to show like there's there's different people going through different things as well. You're so lucky to be without wings and naturally sculpted, <laughs> godlike abs and muscles vacuum sealed and the billions and billions of dollars. And you're so lucky, Rogue. I, I just, it's a terrible existence I live. Yes. But no, like I said, like, overall with this episode, cause I, we, we've reached the end now. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I gotta say, like, to me, it's like go like the last few episodes that we were watching. It kind of like eh, hit and miss, and the juggernaut. I said, "You, we know that I'm no stranger." Uh, uh, I was very vocal about the fact I did not care for the juggernaut episode. Uh, so mm-hmm. I was almost a little bit hesitant to jump into the next episode because I was like, "Oh, please be good." But this was almost like going through a desert and then finally finding water. Right, it's like oh, this is so refreshing. It was just cause again, it, it was it was taking itself seriously. It was telling a very good story. It had multiple stories diverging together, centered around this Atler person. Like uh, Pyrode Avalanche were there uh, to, to to meet Mystique. Mystique was actually posing as Atler, but she was actually under uh, the watchful eye of Apocalypse. Xavier is there because he wanted to see what was going on. Cable is trying to hunt down Adler. There's just a whole bunch of different branching stories all converging as the one. And I really like that. After you watched it, you jumped into the chat and said that uh, you enjoyed this breath of fresh air of an episode, yeah. to which I uh, I responded. We didn't get into it, but I responded like with something essentially, you know, pretty pretty uh, hinting at negativity about this episode. And I... I had watched it weeks prior after having watched, you know, Captive Hearts with the Morlocks and Cold Vengeance and Slave Island, which were, I'm sorry, just dreadful episodes. So I think I was on a X-Men Sucks yeah. uh, binge or whatever. Uh, so I was remembering it very negatively. But coming back to it uh, to make my notes, it was a good episode. I enjoyed it. I quite enjoyed this episode. Definitely repeatable for my for my money yes i have it on here uh like for for me i watched it once i liked it i watched it a second a second time and i liked it just as much like i I had no problem going back to it and um it was was definitely a repeatable one on my books which is thank goodness (laughs) right Mm -hmm. because there's a little bit of time here where i'm just like like when we first started the show we're like are we are we looking at it through rose-colored glasses, and we watched, like, the first episode or so. We're like, oh, you know, this is pretty good. And then all of a sudden we started to get into, like, the middle. And I was like, oh, maybe maybe those were some rose-colored glasses we had on because these are not great. There's great moments. Yeah. I'll argue that a lot of the episodes have great moments in them. But uh, I felt this episode was had far more great moments than bad. Even the bad moments I can just chalk up to just a little bit of uh silly logic, right? But like, so, yeah. like overall. Yeah. Uh yeah, I'd go with that. I, it did seem like yeah, there was like four three or four just like lower in quality and eventually if it had kept going like that we'd had would have had to say, should we <laughs> 
end it now because I'm not enjoying this. But yeah, so we'll. And as I said, I'm still I'm still expecting my personal prediction uh, without having seen any of uh, season two yet is that the quality will go up dramatically. That's my prediction. Back in the day, there was no Facebook or really internet, so it creators didn't have the feedback that they do nowadays so it it took a, a a show like two two to three seasons to actually get the feedback and to settle into a groove that's why season one is almost never the best back in this time period i'd say that's different nowadays for various yeah seasons. yeah they can kind of uh well, and like I, we were, I was just talking about this the uh, other day with uh, like how I used to watch The Walking Dead and I don't anymore. But I, I will still argue that the pilot episode of The Walking Dead is a fine piece of television. Pilot episode of The Walking Dead is The Walking Dead at its absolute best, right? Like if, mm-hmm. if you don't like that, you will not like the rest of the, rest of the show. Whereas, like I said, like the older show is just kind of like, okay, well, here's a bunch of episodes to see what kind of happens here. We'll try to adapt and right. Whereas, like, that, a lot of yeah. these newer shows are able to get more breathing room to approach it. Exactly. Well, instead, well, you, well, you, well, you, you want to also chit chat about some of the stuff that, uh, we've been like watching or doing outside of this. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I've been enjoying, uh, I don't know but what, what you've been doing, but I've been enjoying, I got into, uh, Midnight Mass this oh. week. So I watched the first two episodes of that. So don't, don't go into, no, no. Three, three episodes. Don't go into spoilers, but I'm three episodes in, and I, I really enjoy it. I loved the haunting of Hill House. Like, I'm not a horror. That- I'm not a horror person, mm-hmm. right? But that's uh, mm-hmm. the same person uh, wrote and did the Midnight Mass. That's why I'm bringing it up. Um, so, but I loved it. Like, absolutely loved it. Then they did. Uh, well, there's another. The, the Bly Manor was the next one that they did. And I, it was okay. <laughs> I did, I, it was good, but it wasn't like as good. And so all of a sudden, like, it was kind of worried when this, uh, Midnight Mass came out. I'm like, ah, oh, I don't know. It's the same guy. Like, is it going to be closer to the first one? I would argue that this one of the better TV shows I've watched in a very long time. It, uh, mm-hmm. it, it, Again, I don't think I'm not. I, well, I know I'm not giving anything away because they did it in a lot of episodes. If you said you talked about the, you loving your slow burns, that is a slow mm-hmm. burn show. Like they give a lot, they give yeah. lots of room for people just like to walk with a steady camera shot and them chatting. Like it'll just be like mm-hmm. a rolling camera and people talking on screen for like five minutes straight, right? <laughs> and I and that is I uh, I love that about the show. They do jump scares really well, yeah. which is to say they're not cheap. Like, I feel like they earn those jumps, those jump scares. Um, like, they'll just all, like, the, the first one that I remember that sticks, well, the very first one is when he sees the, uh, the dead girl with the flashing lights, which is a very cool recurring element. Yeah. The, the police, police, uh, sirens flashing in the shards of glass. All over her, uh, her body, which is, you know, very, very cool. But another one is just where they, they really earned that, like, sudden scare, which is like when they're, they're on the, the island with all the cats and stuff. And then all of a sudden we see this thing that we think is a cat, its eyes shining, but then it turns and it's like clearly standing up, but not visible. Yes. Uh, 
so far they're doing really well at that aspect when of you know not showing the monster at some point you have to show the monster though and that's where things kind of go off the rails like it, i remember watching won't. a show it won't go off the rails yeah okay good because <laughs> i know there's a movie the ritual one of the guys from the uh cornello trilogy he's in it the stars in it but uh the same thing it's they do they really really awesome horror movie but then where you just see glimpses of the the spooky man the scoop spooky okay thing, yeah yeah and they do that really well but then they they finally show the monster and it just has like that you're just like oh that's it oh okay so uh yeah that's 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 good to hear that it doesn't happen here have you ever seen haunting a hill house I have not. So that's next on my viewing list because it was Netflix recommended it. Uh, so apparently because it's the same director. I did not know that. Um, uh, on my end of things, I've been reading a fair bit. Um, I, I finished the, uh, the Swamp Thing saga by Alan Moore. And then I've been, I actually, I started to plow through The Walking Dead because I was like, I, I hadn't read that, um, before. I, I read a little bit in the past and then I got to like page like, 670 of like a thousand and thirty pages of like the first compendium and i had to put it down because it got too uncomfortable for me to read and i don't know if i can go back to it (laughs) no um it gets uh way more graphic than it does in the uh show which understandably like is is a different medium um but it just was very it yeah. was very uh subject of torture and stuff like that and it was just uh i was too uncomfortable for me to keep reading i had, I had to put it down i'm actually uh reading uh daredevil born again uh by frank miller that run oh okay all right i i find that for comics and illustrated stuff, I don't, I don't get that way. Whereas with TV, for sure, I'll be like, okay, I, this is too much for me. This is too intense. But I feel like when it's uh, illustrated, uh, there's really no, no limit for me. I could just not enjoy the uh, the story or the content. But I've I've never been like uh, terrified of 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 reading. But I do get that way with. When I'm actually watching a show, I guess it's probably more of because I control the rate at which things come yeah, at me true. with the comic. Whereas for a movie or a show, it's like, uh, and I, I do this as an as an adult male. I do uh, when watching a spooky movie. I will have my my thumb on the pause button, just <laughs> ready to go whenever whenever something seems like it's going to jump out too quickly. But at any rate. Uh, I'm just going through the uh, the show notes. So, Matt, we got next up on the docket is Come the Apocalypse. So I was talking about how they look like they were doing a Thanos thing. No, they're not. He's just next episode. So I was hoping he'd be in the background for a little bit longer. But next episode is Come the Apocalypse. Apocalypse turns mutants into the horsemen. And the next episode after that is called Here, Apocalypse, Here, Apocalypse. And that's Apocalypse. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't but, get it. <laughs> they say, come apocalypse. So they're you're like calling, come apocalypse. Oh, uh, you do. Okay, apocalypse. I get, apocalypse. I get jokes. I get jokes. All right. All right. Well, I, uh, I, uh, get, it's good. Been good getting, uh, getting back to X-Men for a bit. If, uh, if you've been enjoying listening to our discussions here, why don't you send us a note on repeatablepod at gmail.com and, uh, let us know 
uh, what you thought about this episode. Uh, check out the Facebook page where we will give updates on what's coming out next or if there's delays or, or anything like that and maybe some other things in the future. Whatever we, whatever you can do with the Facebook page. I don't know what you do with them. And remember, uh, it's going to be uh, election time uh, where we live right now in Ontario. Um, and uh, just when you go to vote, make sure you uh, think of the Morlocks. What? So, like, is there is there a politician out there that's gonna like destroy sewers? Because I'm, I'll vote for them. <laughs> they got my vote. 